Hello and uh, welcome to uh, episode 11 of uh, Skill Check, the uh, gaming and mental health uh, podcast from YMCA Exeter. My name is Andy and uh, I am here um, online via a Facebook video feed with uh, my co-conspirator Zach. Hello Zach, you're right. Hi Andy. And I must apologise now because well we've tried to start this podcast maybe about two or three times and it just uh, collapsed into a series of well silliness uh, so I apologize if uh, we're not quite right today um, also we're not altogether sure how long this podcast is going to be because whilst on one hand Today's topic, well, we don't have a lot to talk about, but the topic itself is is quite, there's there's quite a bit there, Mm. and yeah, and should should, should I just jump straight into it? I think you should jump straight in. Yeah, okay, so, because I don't know about you, mate, Uh, I remember back in the golden days of video gaming where the Genesis to give it its American name or the Mega Drive to give it its English name was king was king or the Super Nintendo was king depending on what side of the playground you believed in um, where if video games were to be talked about in the mainstream press it was mostly in the negative mm. In that uh, there was lots of kind of press coverage, I guess, for games like Mortal Kombat. Excuse me, Mortal Kombat, uh, due to violence and things like that, and you know, other um, contro- controversies. I can't talk today, crikey. Uh, which it seemed that. Whenever people talked about video gaming who weren't necessarily into video games, it was always for the negative. Mm. Yeah, I think it grew as well. So that narrative that started off on those systems as we kind of grew, especially into the, the, the kind of the very immediate next generations of consoles, we're thinking about Grand Theft Auto uh, in particular. Mm. Um, a lot of kind of more violent crimes were being linked to games that that showcased uh, extreme violence uh, or themes of violence in more extreme ways. Uh, I think almost as a when something horrific happens and something violent happens and there's a horrific and a horrific crime, um, everyone, including me, including you, wants to find mm. a reason. Right? We want a reason for yes. why this awful thing happened. Mm. Uh, and video games were often the, I feel like, were the go-to place for that because it was easy to point a finger at something that was new and people didn't really understand from an out, outside yeah. perspective. Yeah, and especially, I, I guess we, I guess we're talking late nineties now, aren't we? Uh, with Grand Theft Auto coming out, uh, you have your Dooms, you had your Quakes. 
Wolfenstein as well to an mm. extent. And yeah, and I, yeah, as you said, people kind of look for a reason. And I'm not sure how much of, of this linking was the fact that I, I guess the games I just listed out were the big games of that time. So if someone who did a particularly horrific and horrendous violent act were, was also a gamer, then actually it's not too much of a link mm. between what sort of games that they were probably playing as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and so therefore, I guess the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the, the overarching story of Ryu games uh, into make kind of mainstream public consciousness was video games are bad for you and yeah. they're addictive, they're violent. Yeah, you, why are you not spending more time outside and going out and socialising with your friends? Why would you choose then to sit for hours uh, playing these games in, you know, in your bedroom? When you're, well, this idea of like this, this a gamer like lives in their mother's basement, right? And like yeah. just sits down there and just plays these violent games for 24 hours every day. And that eventually this moment in their heads, something changes and they go out and perpetrate these violent crimes because they can no longer distinguish between reality and the games that they were playing mm. and i i guess it's very important for us to to say that by no means are we trying to argue uh, positives for the people that kind of committed these acts in any way shape or form uh in, in fact we i guess i hope the name of this conversation is to look more at the uh conversation yeah. of video games and and how people have been relating to video games in general, uh, particularly in, in the news and things like that. Yeah, and I think it's 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 right for, for people to ask those questions because I, I would imagine that gaming will have played some part in the narrative of these people that have gone on to perpetrate violent crimes against others. Mm. Like we, we are not saying uh, that the video games didn't, have some involvement and we're equally not saying whether that was a good or a bad thing. Um, but, but just to kind of reiterate that, um, these people probably led very complex lives and there was probably a whole, yeah. whole list of things that kind of all kind of went together to kind of make the perfect storm and, and to create a situation where they felt that that was the only thing, the only option, the only thing that they had left that they felt like they could, they could do, or they feel like they could justify to themselves to do those things, uh, and and really, this is about carving out uh, a space for where does gaming then land in that conversation. Hmm. So, I think, and I'm sure if we were to ever have an expert in these matters, we'd probably love to kind of revisit. Um, this in a bit more depth but we've just talked about where about how video games have generally been known for and been generally discussed um and i think all of that kind of gives a slightly surprising perspective to news that's come out this week mm. um, shall i tell you what news he says this please please i'm um, yeah 
I'm, I'm, okay. I'm lost in the sea of tabs. No, that's fine. Um, so this week, there was some surprising uh, news. Um, basically, an Oxford University study had suggested that playing games could be good for your mental health. And when we say playing games, we mean uh, a particular focus on video games in this context. Um, hmm. And it was reported uh, to the public through the Guardian newspaper that basically academics from UK University had used gameplay data from Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and Plant vs. Zombies Battle for Neighbourville uh, in the study using a psychological questionnaire to find out about uh, the relationship between playtime, uh, so the amount of time played in these games, and the sense of well-being that players had about themselves. And it's the first time that a study like this has used game data provided to them by the gaming companies. That's the, that's the big mm-hmm. takeaway, is that it's the first time that uh, a study looking at the well-being effects of gaming um, has been able to access uh, information directly from the developers of these games in, in terms of like the playing habits of the, their, their user base and then be able to ask them questions based on, mm. on those habits. Yes. And so what on one hand, it's good news, really, and it is it's it is very much a Oxford study mm. that is about the existence of, well, th- this podcast. Mm. Um, it's, it kind of shows what we've been, it kind of helps back up what we've been saying a little bit over the last 10 weeks, that video games are good for you. It's, there, there's plus sides to playing video games. There's plus sides to being involved with video games. There's plus sides in encouraging people in how they play on the computer or console Uh, i've got a couple of interesting quotes here from the bbc website um which i think not i'm not sharing it to kind of dismiss the study in any way shape or form because i think this study is really good news uh but i think I'm sharing it to say that the conversation's definitely not over mm. and there's a conversation to be had. Whereas we're saying just now that all this negative press that there was about video games um, was very black and white. And actually that there's probably a conversation there. Um, you can also have the same tone about positive news stories about video games as well. Yeah. So, uh, according to the BBC website, we're interviewing uh, the guy that led, led the study. Is this the uh, name you don't said, want to try and say? <laughs> little bit. Thank you for pointing that out. I think, I think well, let's uh, go for Andrew. Go, go on, go on. Prisbyliski. Prisbyliski. Prisbyliski? Yes. Prisbyliski. Yes. Yeah. Andrew Prisbyliski. He said, if you play Animal Crossing for four hours a day every single day, you're likely to say you feel significantly happier than someone who doesn't. That's huge. That doesn't mean Animal Crossing by itself makes you happy. Mm. Which again, you know, it it points to video games being good for people and being good for their sense of well-being. But he's also suggesting that it's not just video games that there's other things quite potentially in that in these people's lives mm. who are 
who, which is also contributing to their overall sense of well-being. Yeah, and, and I would think as well, with let's, uh. let's not um, underplay the significance of a game like Animal Crossing with its commitment to social interaction being one of the key features of its game, mm. right? So um, the reason probably why Animal Crossing in this particular circumstance has been used or been thought about more and this has been found out is that, you know, the social element of Animal Crossing is is right at the front of the game. They want you to play together with other people. They're, 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 they champion interaction between your island and other people's island. They want players to be playing together to achieve community goals. Um, so there's a very strong social element to Animal Crossing. And so whilst we say, whilst it's great for us to be like, yes, it's great to see that well-being is directly linked in some cases to like the games that people are playing and gaming in general. Um, mm. this, this, is on, this is not on, uh, us saying, right, let's all just game 24 hours a day uh, playing whatever game we want because it will increase your well-being. This is us saying gaming alongside uh, a healthy life will will increase your well-being is what we're saying is that in yeah. in yeah. in gaming in the midst of a, a healthy life and a healthy lifestyle and a positive outlook on things will overall boost your well-being um but as with anything an unhealthy lifestyle um with with kind of an over emphasis on gaming or playing games that have negative uh a negative impact on you or I'll bring up negative emotions for you will then inevitably lead to bad well-being. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. The, so the, the takeaway is that there is a place for it being part of a really well-balanced lifestyle, which where perhaps it wouldn't have been in the conversation before, because like Alan was saying, it's very black and white. Gaming mm. is bad. It leads to these violent things. Um, whereas now it's actually, let's, let's take a step back. Actually gaming can then, be part of a really healthy lifestyle. And why not? Yeah. Like a lot of other things, like we would recommend running, exercise, mm. eating well, getting lots of sleep. Like there, there are other things we recommend someone to increase their well-being. And it's nice that we are now in a position where we're like, gaming can be part of our conversation. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, the, the article does go on to say that he adds that 40 years of previous research suggested the longer people played, the more unhappy they were. Yeah. Um, which was, yes, four hours a day on Animal Crossing. I'm not sure if I would particularly want to do that myself or recommend to other people. Uh, but, yeah, he's obviously stressed the point there that you don't spend all day on on a game like Animal Crossing. And it's probably also important to to know, I guess, two things. Uh, one is something we discussed a few weeks back about playing the game that is right for you at that point of time mm. and playing a game that is positive for your yeah. mood. Yeah, and, and it's about learning. Gaming, I think, in this context, is helpful for learning about yourself in those things, it allows you to ask those mm -hmm. questions of yourself. Like, how am I feeling? Because how I'm feeling will then be something I should take into consideration when I'm choosing what game I want to play this evening for a few hours. Like, it should be part of the conversation. Mm. And I think just sticking on the game that you always play or a game that you know that has the potential to have you like raging across the room might not be the best game to play on the back of a day where you've been experiencing more negative emotions right you probably want a game that's going to relax you that's going to give you time to process and contemplate things 
And so really it's about how then can we use gaming to, as this study suggests, increase our well-being, which is a much more nuanced and detailed question than just simply saying, stick on the Xbox, PlayStation, PC for four hours and you'll feel better after you've done. That's, mm. that's not what this article's saying and I don't think that's what we would say either. No. No, I think, yeah. There are definitely games that I would prefer to play if I've had a bad day. Um, rather than games who, which I enjoy playing, but does, it doesn't necessarily... Isn't, it isn't necessarily good for me at that time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's uh, why this article's interesting, like, because it allows gaming to be part of that well-being conversation. It adds a little bit of validity, validity to that conversation that research has come out and shown that actually it's just as, as we talk with young people uh, and our friends and our colleagues about kind of, you know, when we ask that question, oh, how are you doing? Or how are you? That actually, like when we talk, when they go on to talk and mention things that are good or not so good, that that gaming becomes almost brought into the light as something that we can talk about and something that we're happy mm. to talk about with other people and happy to acknowledge that yeah, I'm a gamer and I play games and it's a massive part of my life. Whereas I think sometimes, I, I even I'm hesitant to be like, oh, if someone asks me, oh, what did you do last night? And I go, oh. I just I don't mention it or I say something else, right? Because, yeah. because I'm, I don't want to I don't want to feel ashamed of the stigmas attached to gaming. Oh, well, you just sat in a room by yourself last night. Well, actually, this is mm. this is saying that actually there's a lot more to gaming than that, and that actually gaming does form for some people a, a huge part of their ability to cope, and a huge part of their ability to boost their own well-being and their own self-esteem. And so that that's why it's exciting, right? Mm. That's why this article is really yeah. exciting for us because it means that. Um, as far as like organizationally and, and personally for us, like it, like Andy was saying, it gives, it gives us validity to what we're doing and what we're trying to do with the, this podcast and other things that we, other projects that we're, we're taking part in is that we want to see gaming not be the negative, but be the positive for people's well-being. And so we'll, we will f- try and facilitate places and opportunities for it to be a positive part of people's well-being. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's a good news piece. You know, I'm I'm very aware that we're kind of talking with our <laughs> serious faces on. Yeah, bit. right. And I think our serious professional faces. That, yeah, and that that's that's possibly the right thing for us to be doing. I think, especially when you consider the the correct framing for an article like this for research like this and especially in, a, in the historical context uh, is a sensible serious conversation um, but it's also it's also good news for gamers it's also good news for people who would love to go out kind of on, on one morning have a conversation with someone and say yeah last night I yeah, just stayed in, played a few games of Rocket League, and then went on played a bit more of Secret of Monkey Island, and it not come across as a strange person in a darkened room. He yeah. says very well. He's in quite a darkened room right now by yourself. Yes, <laughs> yes. Talk about gaming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> for your benefit, lovely listener, Zach and I are talking on a video link, and as time has gone on, it just looks like I'm the other one. Let's let's be fair. Well, yeah, yeah, I've, I've not. I did get up and turn the light on as well. I realised it was getting dark quickly. <laughs> but I was like, I will be that person in the dark room as well. <gasps> and that is now me. Yeah. But that's okay. I have a light of my laptop to keep you company. Light my way. Yeah. <laughs> you, should get the net, you should get Netflix up and type in fire or YouTube. Type in uh, <gasps> country fireplace and just play that video on repeat and have like a little fire. <sighs> You know what? I've got a second screen here. I could do that. That might increase your well-being. It could do. It does have this weird psychological effect. Um, We put it on when we, like, sometimes when we just want to kind of, if if we're catching up in the day or whatever at home, we we put that on the TV Mm. sometimes, and it it makes you feel warmer (laughs) in a really weirdly, psychologically weird way. I just have been able to see the flames and the fireplace and stuff. Um, as a total, like, really random way to kind of almost finish this podcast with a random throwaway comment about artificial fireplaces and uh, videos online of fireplaces that make you feel warm by some weird mental reaction, chemical reaction in your brain. Um, it wouldn't be this podcast without yeah. a tangent, a strange tangent well, towards the end. Well, I'm thinking we should embrace this this tangent. And, you know, I, I might even try and, and put a, a link in. To the show notes, you know, about some sort of twelve hour fireplace video. Yeah. <laughs> but but on a, on a dra- dragging it back into what where we were before is that that's in a roundabout way I've just given a really weird example of how like something so mundane can produce a chemical reaction that increases probably kind of endorphins in your head, it gives you that feeling of warmth and uh, comfort that from a, a, a fire does. Um, and that actually, we've been talking about well-being, and, and the, the, the probably, mm. you know, gaming offers that, right? It gives you that in, in the right place in the right setting. It, it, it produces that same chemical reaction in your head of like, um, you know, kind of achievement or kind of, um, you know, overcoming a goal or uh, a, like handing in a quest or finishing a task in a game. It gives you that rush of endorphins mm. that produces that chemical reaction that makes it a positive thing for your well-being. To get sciencey about there you go. why they've probably drawn some of their conclusions um, is that obviously whenever we think about well-being, um, we're thinking about things that increase well-being, and the things that increase your well-being are the things mm. that have positive chemical reactions within your body that increase and just enable your body to produce endorphins, which then go on to do have lots of really positive effects um, uh, for your body and how you feel about yourself, um, and so. Gaming has been found to be one of those things, and so yeah. And go. whilst we've talked a lot about Animal Crossing, and you know, everyone knows that Animal Crossing is and his favourite game. It's a lovely game. It's played a lot in his house, and uh, it's basically about being kind. Yeah, you know, the other game. To bring it back to what to what you were just saying was plants these zombies. Yep. Which I've got to admit, probably no surprise to Zach. I've not played uh, the Battle for the Neighborhood um, yeah, version. Yeah, it's a more. But it's not about being kind, people. Uh, no, it's not. Um, it, it's 
how do I explain this? It's such a weird it's an, game. It's a, tower, it's a tower defense game, isn't it? So the mobile one was. Ooh. So Plants vs. Zombies Ooh, on mobile okay. is a tower defense game where the right. zombies move from the right-hand side of the screen to the left-hand side of the screen and you use different plants. Attacking your house attacking and your you house. had to stop yeah. the zombie from entering your house. trying to stop the zombies getting to you to eat your brains by using plants in the garden and different plants have different abilities. And it's a lo- really good fun. And that was my first interaction with Plants vs. Zombies. Battle for Neighborville, however, is a third-person shooter. Oh, my days. That's very so, different. Um, and also, it's interesting that they included this in the well-being article because we were talking about violent games being not helpful. This is, this is a violent game in a, a very interesting setting, as in violent that you're shooting, mm. but not violent that it's cartoon zombies and cartoon plants shooting each other. Um, so interesting that they should pick this particular game um, to be part of the study. And, and drew similar conclusions about this game as to Animal Crossing is that people that played this game for a few hours a day, um, they had some graphs and some informational things, but both games showed people's well-beings increasing um, through both of, the, both of these games, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, just to throw and that I wonder, the works. And I wonder if... Uh, it's like to bring us back to the Guardian uh, interview with uh, Professor Andrew Plibliski. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, he, the Guardian article um, talks a little bit more about data and uh, research based on data. Mm. And I think when we look at the arguments, the debate over if video gaming is a good thing or a bad thing, um, if actually for us, for all of us, if it's actually better to kind of look at the data and look at the research more than actually what the headline itself says, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, which seems to be what Yeah, yeah I, I think from, anyone, from anyone, this... anyone asking questions, questions about this internally after hearing us talk about it always always like be aware that if you go out and research this you, the titles of anything that you find like the way that the internet is now very clickbaity in terms of they want you to click on their article that, so that they can they get analytics on that so as soon as you click somewhere mm-hmm. on the internet it's recorded somewhere and, and a lot of sites are based on like well i had sixty thousand people click on my article so the the Ooh. thing that's important yeah that's just a throwaway comment it could be any number for mm-hmm. anything um so you've got to remember when, when we click on titles, it's always really important to pay attention to what's written in the actual articles themselves um, because mm-hmm. sometimes the titles are there just to get you to click on it. Um, but as Andy was saying, this is an, an important study because of the data that they gathered and the information they pulled from um, the gaming companies that were involved in it and then the conclusions they were able to draw because of the data that they were given. Uh, and in both cases, um, even just from the, the, the graphs and some of the other data that they pulled from it, the signs were encouraging that in, in the way that they um, correlated um, uh, the amount of time played versus the person's well-being being increased uh, around the four-hour mark, there seems to be a huge increase in a person's well-being, um, which would suggest that gaming, whilst being important in their lives, wasn't the only thing that they did, right? Four hours yeah, yeah. seems to be about that time where they've had a rounded full day of other things. Gaming's a part of that day. And here is probably you're getting to the, the, the bigger end. And when we think about four hours a day, like that's a lot of game time a week. It, it is, 
But, and I'm very aware we should probably start should. to round this off very soon. But when you say four hours a day, I wonder where people are spent, where that's, that time is spent for other people. So if you're someone who kind of goes home at the end of the day and binge watches TV... That four hours potentially. could still be four hours yeah. um, if you spend a lot of time on social media and TV. Yeah, it's, it's so maybe yeah. maybe we shouldn't be too hung up on the four hours yeah. a day. What happens if the four hours gaming comes at the end of a four hour binge on Netflix, or is preceded or wow. comes before a four hour? Like like I said, this is a yeah. really nuanced, detailed mm. conversation to have because we're only getting a really thin slice. And they're only telling us what they would. They're only, they're only concluding what they would like to conclude based on the information that they have. What we don't have is the full picture of like what are the, what are people doing with the rest of their time during that day where the four hours was really helpful for their well-being. And so, that's, that's and true. as in the nature of what we do through support yeah. work, our mm. our primary concern is that four hours is great, but what are they doing with what are the young people work with doing with the rest of the time? Correct. <laughs> it's really yeah. really important. And we, we want all their time to be worthwhile and used constructively mm. to produce a, a well-rounded, well-balanced lifestyle for them so that they can achieve the things that they want to. Um, that's ultimately what we want for the mm. people that we work with. And so if four hours of gaming helps them to achieve that and boost their well-being, great. If it doesn't, then there's a conversation to be had about what else they could be doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think, my man, it is we should probably. It is that time. I'm running out of light. The the sun has set. If the laptop was to be closed, or if I was to open up the the wrong tab, I'd probably be plunged into darkness right now. Well, on that on that very autumnal uh, evening comment from Andy, this has been the Skill Check Podcast. I have been Zach. He's been Andy, and make sure to check us out on all good podcast providers. Uh, Skill Check, uh, if you search that on any of those platforms, you'll be able to find us there. And please, 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 if you have any questions based on anything we've talked about, do get in touch with us. You can find all our contact information on our website, which is ymzaxeter.org.uk, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.